welcome to The Smile Project, a podcast from School of Dentistry. I am you. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is all about holistic dental education on the go. This would enhance your knowledge and attitude, not only towards dentistry, but life as a whole. Tune in to hear and learn from specialists from various fields of dentistry, sharing their experience and discussing topics in the realm of dentistry. Also, we have in store a small dose of inspire and influence, a section for quotes and productivity tips. So, let's begin! Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Smile Project Podcast, this time with Dr. Chong Jun Ai, a fellow IMU alumni who was a top student, graduated back in 2013, and now a lecturer and an orthodontist. So brace yourself. Braces, brace, get it? Oh god, Martha, no! <laughs> okay, before jumping into that, I am Martha. And I am Arna, and we will be your hosts for this episode. Back to Dr. Chong, she was awarded the Tan Sri Dato Amar Sulaiman Merit Award as the top student in her cohort, DT108. Her academic excellence granted her a scholarship from IMU to pursue her postgraduate studies in orthodontics at UKM. She completed her postgraduate in 2021 and she now lectures in IMU. With that, allow me to welcome Dr. Chong to share with us her journey and the challenges she faced while specialising. Thank you, Marta and Aruna. Thank you for the kind introduction. I'm so excited to be here and I hope that we have a wonderful afternoon together. Likewise. Thank you, Dr. Chong, for being our guest for this episode on specialisation in dentistry. Let's just cut to the chase, Doctor. We all know that there is a multitude of specialisations in the dental field, from prostodontics, periodontics, endodontics, to oral maxillofacial surgery and many more. May I ask about your journey to specialising in orthodontics? Like, how it began and maybe some story or inspiration regarding your choice to specialise in orthodontics? So truthfully, orthodontics was never in my mind because during undergraduate, I really struggled to do the wire bending, like the Adams class. I have like a whole box full of like rejected ones. And when I was called back to IMU, it was actually for the post of a special needs dentist because I actually enjoyed hospital dentistry. I enjoyed uh, treating geriatric patients and patients with you know, Down syndrome, autism. It gave me joy to help um, these people. However, I noted that the program would only start after a few years and I was getting impatient. I really wanted to do my postgraduate studies quick. So I applied for orthodontics and I was very surprised I actually got a seat in UKM and that's where my journey began. Pursuing a postgraduate degree, is, it's never easy and especially I imagine in a course like orthodontics. So could you tell us a bit about the struggles that you endured over the course of your postgraduate studies? So when you enter a postgraduate program, the expectation of you is much higher and you do need some clinical exposure. So I always advise those who want to undergo postgraduate to work first, then only apply for postgraduate 
you will learn much more that way. So I struggled a lot because I have zero exposure in orthodontics except for evening attachments with the orthodontist in I knew that time was Dr. Sneha. So I used to assist her in doing her patients, but it's very different compared to um, those from the Ministry of Health. So those from Ministry of Health, they're very hands-on. They actually bond the brackets on the patient's teeth. They do the adjustments. It's different than being an assistant where you just pass the instruments. So I struggled in my clinical because we were expected to know where to put the braces on and you know, what wires to step up to. So it was a lot of reading and you know going on YouTubes and just asking your peers. So I believe um, clinical exposure is really important. That's good to know, doctor. Like same for us, like dental students, clinical exposure just really gave us the chance to apply what we know and also like trial and error so that we can improve where we are lacking. Can I also just ask what advice would you give to someone who is an aspiring orthodontic student before they actually start their journey? Right, so um, as I said earlier, it would be good to have some clinical exposure. So if you do go for um, orthodontic courses, don't believe that it's like you know, wasting your money or something like that because I think it will help in your education. Um, so where you select your postgraduate education is important. You need to study the curriculum, see what kind of um, appliances are being taught to you because a wider exposure, for example, if you learn about mini screws um, and you know different types of brackets, you know ceramic brackets, uh, self-lagging brackets, the Damon brackets, and and you know all sorts of all sorts of appliances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it will sort of um, give you confidence when you quit the when you finish the program. You know you have experience how how it is before the challenges and things like that. So I believe that um, you do need to do some research before you apply for any postgraduate program. Can I also just ask what kind of clinical exposure? Do you think they should go for working does working in a government clinic help in that kind of scenario definitely the government clinics if you're attached to the orthodontic clinics they have a lot of patient flows they see like you know 30 to 50 patients a day so you actually work Ooh, on that's your speed. a high volume yes yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to see a patient within five minutes and and that's why my, my colleagues in the clinic they are so quick you know and whereas i'm struggling there you know i take so long i'm always the last in the clinic and they will come and help me out. So I believe um, seeing a lot of patients and doing things, that would definitely help you a lot. Practicing more. Correct, you need mm. to practice a lot. Totally agree with all those that you said, Doctor. Like, before choosing whatever specialization, they should make an informed decision. So, because they will also need the passion inside them to overcome the unavoidable challenges. So, Dr. Chong, speaking of challenges, may we know what are the most common orthodontics treatment plan and are there any challenges in them? Okay, so cases that I often see nowadays are actually relapse cases because patients do not realise that they need to wear their retainers and they are kind of disappointed that their teeth are not as before. And it's really difficult to retreat um, these patients because previously they had extractions done. So there's no space um, left for me to correct the crowded teeth. And also, um, every time you put on the braces, there are risks involved. So, for example, in the first orthodontic treatment, 
there will be some root resorption. So when we put in another round of treatment, you expect more root resorption. So is it justified to do these braces again? And you know, the patient is much more older now and they have gone through two years of braces and to start it over again, it's both quite difficult for the patient as well. So these are the challenges I am seeing. So I think we need to educate the public that retainers for life is very important. Mm -hmm. As long as they want their teeth straight, they need to wear their retainers. Definitely consistency is key. La. Like having a relapse and doing it again is like not wise economically and also like patient health and so on. Like they have to go through the same thing again, their trauma maybe because both of us, Aruna and I, we've did braces before and I think I'm the relapsed patient <laughs> because I'll be doing it again. So fortunately, I didn't have any first premolar removed that time. So this time, I'll be having four first premolar removed. So I guess there's more spaces and the doctor said I'll be having like mini screws as well. So I really... I've learned from my lesson and I will <laughs> use retainers for the rest of my life. I mean, even I sometimes forget to wear my retainers, but I do my best because I definitely don't want to go through the entire process because it also, it can be quite tedious as well, right? So yeah. Right, moving on. <laughs> I'm sure all our listeners are very familiar with braces and aligners, but what are some of the lesser known appliances that are used in orthodontics? Okay, so when we tell the patient that they need surgery sometimes because they have underlying skeletal discrepancy, they get a shock. They'd be like, oh, what? I'm just <laughs> wanting to fix my teeth. <laughs> Why do I need to surgery, you know? So it does take time for them to process um, because it's not very common in this region compared to others. But just to let you know, in Malaysia, we are quite advanced in surgical options as well. You know, we can do you know, CBD, CBCT scans and, you know, create some surgical guides so that we can have a precise surgical movement and we can even plan your surgery into very, very detail. So it's like very safe and it is cost effective if you go to um, under the government and it's usually under a few specialists. So it's like you have a lot of experts um, if you're doing your case. So I believe that um, there should be more awareness because otherwise, if we try to camouflage the teeth um, with the underlying skeletal, you will not get the best results. You know, your face would will not fit the teeth. Yeah, and we are going beyond the limits of your teeth. So I think this should be known by everyone as well that there is a surgical option and it could be a better option for you. Understand. Thank you for that, doctor. Also, Dr. Chong, I've heard about head braces. Would you like to elaborate on that? Okay, so the head brace is often used in patients who are young, so they're in a developing stage, so maybe 8 to 10 years old, and it depends on um, what is the problem, which jaw is the problem. So for example, uh, if they have an underbite where the lower teeth are much ahead of the upper teeth and they have a deficient upper jaw, the head brace would be helpful. Okay, and most of the parents, they are quite alarmed when we tell them about the head brace because it looks kind of scary. It looks like rocks <laughs> coming out from their mouth, from their skull. But actually, it's an external appliance. Okay, so it's quite safe. 
and um, we will often give instructions, um, you know, written and verbal instructions to the patient on how to wear it. And um, it has been very effective. We have a few patients who have the cases, a few student cases ongoing, and we can see a very big and good difference to the child's life. So we actually can reduce the amount of um, possibility of having to have surgery in future. And this has been shown by research actually. Mm. That's very interesting to know, doctor. So I just also wanted to know, like, what are the impacts can orthodontics bring, like intraorally and generally on health and well-being? Any significant changes or things that we should know of? I think the first thing that people recognize after a patient undergo orthodontics is the smile. <laughs> yeah. So I had patients who first came to me; they would talk to me by covering their mouths, mm. and. Removing the braces just give them so much confidence, and you know I even had a patient who were often teased because they had a huge um, protruding teeth, you know. And after the whole treatment, he's just a happy boy. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it does bring a lot of changes to people. That's that's really nice to hear, doctor. And I mean, it must also be very rewarding to see. But I also understand from the patient's perspective because when I had braces, I used to refuse to smile with my teeth out, and you know when people took pictures. So yeah, definitely understand. So moving on, doctor, can I just ask? Zenium, the brand Zenium, it's quite famous nowadays, especially in Malaysia. It's a famous brand of clear aligners. So, what is your opinion of these commercial self-applied orthodontic appliances? Okay, so do-it-yourself orthodontics can be dangerous if it's not being monitored by any professional. I know of some companies where the patients attempt to take their own impression, so they are sent a box, you know, with all the impression materials, and then they have to take their own mold. Oh no! And yeah. As dental <laughs> students, you find it so challenging itself to take a patient's. Yes. I cannot imagine how accurate it will be for a patient to do it on their own. Okay, so I believe that、um, all these clear aligners, if they are being supervised, being done by trained orthodontists or you know a trained trained dentist, it's not not a problem. Okay, as long as it's being monitored and make sure that the patient is dentally fit before any、um, appliances are being put on. That's a very good advice, doctor. So, for those currently having orthodontics, what advice would you have for them besides the basic brush more, no hard foods, no sticky foods? Are there anything else they should know of? Like maybe some advice, not just on the physical aspect, but also the emotional aspect. You know what? The first thing that came to my mind is brush more. Accept <laughs> <laughs> <Except> that. Accept <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean seriously, it. It it really frustrates us as orthodontists when we see a very dirty mouth. <laughs> I believe that you have to, you know, care for your teeth more if you really want something for yourself, because the teeth is so difficult. It's like if you have if you don't clean your teeth well. For me, it feels like the teeth have a bag full of stones, and it's really difficult for it to move. You know, it's so heavy. So try to you know keep it clean, and you make everyone's life so much easier. <laughs> You know your gums are healthy. You don't get white marks after you remove the braces.、Uh, so I think for me that's the main thing. Just brush your teeth. Yes, I think that's the only thing they can do. Also, just brush more. Yeah. And flossing. How about flossing? 
do they need like newer like other appliances more than just the traditional floss right i believe um flossing with your braces is quite taxing it's not easy to do so i can imagine um I actually don't put that expectation upon the patient because it's really difficult to do. So I think the water floss is a good idea actually. I I do have a water floss at home, even though I don't have braces on, and I I think it's a very good investment to buy a water floss、um, when you have braces. A cheaper option, okay, a hack would be <laughs> you go to the shower when you shower. Full blast the shower head、oh, until you empty. Oh my god! I, I thought, thought I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just. I do that all the time. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah Prepare the patient emotionally for braces because they can't have a lot of different foods and also physically they might be very conscious. Like I said earlier, I was. How do you emotionally prepare someone for that? Yes, I think most of the time the patient is so excited to get the braces on actually, and when we put them on, they say, "Doctor, when do I take off the braces?" <laughs> and there was like very irritating question. Um, but yes, before I actually put on the braces during the initial consult, I want to gauge whether is the braces really from the patient's wants or、mm. is it the parents?、Mm. Yeah, so they must really want it because they have to go through a difficult time. So I actually do explain to them. I exaggerate actually. I say <laughs> it's going to be so painful. The first day you want it off, I I really really make it like sound so terrible. So I mean actually they get it on. They actually tell me, doctor, I don't need the paracetamol. It was fine actually. Only when I eat, maybe it'll be a bit tender to bite. Otherwise, it's good. It's cool, you know. And I try to make every visit fun. So you know, I always offer the colors, even though I know that this patient always will pick the same color. I said, <laughs> yeah. I said, okay, why don't you try something else? You know, and it's just some fun things that we、mm. do together. And you know, can, I can tell them you can even match and match. So. <laughs> Yeah, as they start to get used to, they、mm. they will ch- can see that they they start to change the different colors and get more confident and brave with it. I definitely、mm. used to do that. I used to always change my colors. I had so much fun with that. <laughs> But then on the food side, diet side, I don't think. Yeah, I couldn't eat like popcorn. I think it used to get stuck in my braces.、So、it was a bit sad. I couldn't have popcorn. It was sad. Okay, no Todaruna. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> what are sorry, doctor? What are some of the more interesting cases that you've seen? Interesting cases. All cases are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay,、um, it being rare, it's not really rare, but <laughs> I, we do have cases where patients come in with fake braces,、oh, fake braces. Yeah, yeah, fake braces, and even some because I'm doing treatment for them, and then the siblings like. Wow, get jealous! <laughs> so they will actually put on fake braces. Like yeah, the siblings will get fake braces, and I have to tell them no. This is so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So I had a few occasions where I had to remove um those fake braces and re-educate the patient. So I think um, and they're actually kind of shocked because when that time I was in the government service, uh in, as part of my postgraduate program. So we we treat the patient like really. Quite、uh, affordable.、Mm. Like it could be one thousand four hundred only for the whole treatment. 
So And they paid for the fake braces About 800 Like my deposit For the mm. for our braces Was even less than that Yeah So they were quite shocked Yeah They, they think that Oh braces It actually cost a lot But actually You can get it quite affordable In the Different Like you know Public sectors Are they really fake Like they don't work at all Do, do people just put it on For fun Like who even puts them on? Very good question. Fake braces is usually put on by untrained people. So they may not be in dental background. All they do is they go on YouTube and they watch some videos. And then they go on Shopee, they get the <laughs> braces. Oh my god. Yes. And they have it in hotel rooms or maybe their own houses. But usually not in their own houses. They will just rent some house. And they will put advertisement out for people to come in to get the braces on. So most people they want those braces because it's cheap. You know, it costs them maybe six hundred, eight hundred. To me, it's not cheap, but it's cheaper than what they see in private clinics. And some of them they do it as a fashion statement because it does have a social status to it. You know, people with a bit more money is able to get um, these braces. So whether it works or not. I don't think so it works because they just stick stuff on your teeth so there's no um, you know they don't change yeah, the wires. the wires and, and things like that so I don't think so but it works is that allowed? it's <laughs> definitely like, not allowed and it's <laughs> you know? really harmful for your for your health actually and oral hygiene right? yeah it's very difficult to clean your teeth I just can like, imagine yeah. yeah could you elaborate a bit more about how and why it's bad? go to these kind of people yeah first of all the infection control is literally zero can imagine <laughs> you know they don't have a autoclave yeah. oh yes, nothing sterile I don't think they even have saliva ejectors so yes. it's gonna be very no. so the pool, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah you probably be spitting in like a bowl or something <laughs> oh dear and you're lying on a bed hopefully they change the sheets yes <laughs> Otherwise, you don't know who has come before and is the glove changed? Oops. Oh no. And they're untrained, that's first of all. So, you know, they may not be able to put the so-called braces on the correct places in your teeth. And the glue that they use, you know, is it safe? You know, so all the products that um, dentists use, usually it's being regulated. That's why they come in a like heavy, um, more costly compared to if you get it off Shopee, yeah. <laughs> so, thank you, Dr. Chung, for all those information that really provides us with more insight, like even dodgy insights. Orthodontics definitely is a field that has so much more fun than just wires and brackets. I hope that this would clarify our audience's question and allow them to understand orthodontics just a little bit more. Thank you again, Doctor, for taking time off your busy schedule, and to our listeners. Thank you for tuning into the Smile Project Podcast. We hope this episode gave you more insight into what it's like to specialise in dentistry. Please like this episode and subscribe to our Spotify and YouTube channels and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Smile Project IMU. See See you on on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Smile Project. We hope you enjoyed. If you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with your family and friends and leave a rating or review. Thank you once again and I'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.